The Owner's Box is part of the In The Money Podcast Network. You can always log on to inthemoneypodcast.com where you can follow along. You can subscribe to the free newsletter. And not only do you have the Owner's Box, but also shows such as the Players Podcast, JK Plus One, the Matt Vernier Show, Redboard Rewind, Nick Luck Daily, Talk Racing to Me, In the Ring with Acacia Courtney, and Off Track with Maggie. So lots of great things to listen to. Just head over to inthemoneypodcast.com. Welcome to the Owner's Box. Now, here's Billy Koch and Michelle Yu. Welcome to another edition of the Owner's Box. I'm Billy Koch, founder and managing partner of the Little Red Feather Racing Club. I have a Del Mar opening weekend voice. And so I'm, do I. And I'm with I Michelle Yu, who's also a little raspy. Michelle, what a weekend. What a weekend. I mean, that was fun. Wait, can I just say that yeah. this week is so much better than last week because we are still upstairs in the Del Mar corporate <laughs> offices. But uh, Craig Dato's not here. We've snuck out onto his balcony, which has A, probably the best view at Del Mar, and B, a nice ocean breeze. We do because, have a nice ocean woo, breeze. we were sweaty last yeah, week. It is so beautiful out here. And it was a beautiful weekend. It was great racing, great weather, and great to see fans back. Look, it was only 15,000 or I don't mm-hmm. know what there was now what was announced but it did feel like a Del Mar day yeah it, did, it was actually really great because it felt busy enough to make you feel like part of an event but it wasn't some of those like opening days from past where like there were you, you can't make a bet lines. you can't get a yeah. drink you can't go to exactly. the bathroom yeah, you yeah. know it was really nice it felt like a perfect mix it still had great atmosphere there was obviously fantastic racing I gotta say I, I have to give big ups to um, Anna James. She was shooting the um, horses in the paddock, literally on like a cell phone. It was this, cool. like crazy handheld yeah, thing. Yeah, I saw that. But on the big screen in Del Mar, it looked so oh, sick. Cool. It looked like an awesome like major sports venue shot. It was so cool. It was very cool. It was a very cool just overall. And obviously Michelle and I are here in Southern California, but Saratoga looked like it was great. Other than the, the big rain. the rain, which is typical for Saratoga, yeah. and no one remembers that when they compare it to Del Mar and Saratoga. They just kind of the third thing they say is check the weather. You know, it's like, the weather's a big deal, guys. It doesn't pour rain here. I mean, somebody remind people who love Saratoga about that. I can't take it. Oh, boy. Anyway. All right. So what are our, what are our three things of okay, note? Okay. So the first for, first thing of note definitely has to be the Haskell Stakes from this oh, weekend. Oh, I, for, I, I forgot that even happened. Okay. It was themed so long ago. So in case you didn't see it, uh, coming yeah. down the lane, we have Hot Rod Charlie on the outside, Mandaloon on the inside, and right in between horses was Midnight Bourbon. Right. All of a sudden, uh, Midnight <laughs> Bourbon was not in between horses any longer. <laughs> and neither was Paco and Lopez. neither was Paco Lopez. He was head in the dirt. Midnight Bourbon had legs going every single which way. Um, Mandaloon and Hot Rod Charlie fought it out till the end, and Hot Rod Charlie did prevail the victor. Unfortunately for Hot Rod Charlie and his crew, who we absolutely love, uh, boat racing, the Strauss brothers, we love. I mean, we've been a huge Hot Rod Charlie fan all along. Yes, we he have. He absolutely outgamed Mandaloon. Yes. Um, but he was going to be disqualified and placed last for interference with Midnight Bourbon. Now, the good news is Midnight Bourbon got up. He ran around the track before he was apprehended. He is fine. I have talked to Scott Blasey. He said he is great. There's a cool video of him on Twitter jumping around and playing in his paddock back at Saratoga. And I posted a little, like, caption with it. And first my leg went this way. And then my (laughs) leg went that way. And then I was like, damn. But I was like, no. I got to ask you your thoughts because there was a lot of chatter about what really happened. Right. So, you know, 
I've only seen it a, to be me honest too. with you. I've only seen it a couple times. But the time, the, what I did see was it looked to me was that uh, Pratt, Fl- Flavian Pratt mm-hmm. was passing on mm-hmm. Hot Rod Charlie, and as he was doing that, it was almost as if Paco Lopez decided, hey, I'm going to go outside mm-hmm. around him because I think I still maybe have horse or something. And that's when everything went haywire. Now, Hot Rod Charlie was veering in, mm-hmm. or I don't know if veering is the right Not word. Veering. What do you want to call it? Uh, angling. Uh, angling. In- angling is a good word. And and But I think I, the whole thing just didn't work out. And I, I, I feel horrible I for Bill Strauss, think- our good friend. He's been on the show. I know um, that was my free dinner at the Pamplemousse. Yeah, it. <laughs> it was. That was. It was just heartbreaking. But in all in all, they made the right decision. I don't think there was like a big controversy whether or not he should have been disqualified. I do will you? say this: if you did watch the head-on again before Hot Rod Charlie started angling in, Mandaloon won angling out. out. He came out at least a path before Hot Rod Charlie came in. Interesting. Now, the whole thing that they don't have whips there. Everyone's saying it was the whips. I don't know if. What they would've were doing, would've, the only difference it would have been was instead of Flavian maybe leaning Hot Rod Charlie towards uh, Mandaloon to make him competitive, right. he would have just left-handed, left-handed right, and had him right. go on, right? Yeah, yeah. It, it, you, it's one of those things you never know, and I think if you looked at it a hundred times and you talked to a hundred people, you'd probably get a hundred different opinions, mm-hmm. I think. Uh, I think, thankfully, no one was injured, and, and the good news was uh, uh, jockey horses all, all were okay, and, and I'm sure they will, or I hope they will renew their rivalry. Wouldn't it be cool if Hot Rod Charlie ran here in the Pacific he Classic? That's oh, the, he is. They're, that's they're, the plan. Well, that's, that's what they said. The, oh, that's the, the awesome. The crew has said that that is probably going to be their next goal, getting to race him right out of their, their backyard here. Um, how about Mandaloon, though, being... The, possibly disqualified into a derby win and then disqualified into the Haskell. It's pretty amazing. Now, I want to go, go on record and I'm going to say that, like, should this be the way the year ends and he doesn't win a big race on his own merit, you cannot say that these count for him for three-year-old of the year. I, I agree. Right? I, I, I agree. Okay. I don't think they can, but, no, but I I don't someone's so. got to take that mantle. So yeah, what you so need we're going to need some, someone's well, going to have someone like, uh, We need to see what happens uh, in the Travers. Yeah. We need to see what happens in the Penn Derby. And, and who's running the, 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 the Belmont winner? Uh, elusive. Elusive. No. Essential quality. Essential quality. If he wins that and goes on to win the Travers and then runs well in the Breeders' Cup, he's probably the, the leader in the division. Right. right? Um, as and he was the champion two-year-old last year, yeah. so I would say I'd say he's probably the it favorite. It keeps for it Godolphin interesting, and though, and yeah, the doors and are still open. Absolutely. Okay, what's point okay, number two? Okay, point we number. Just, we just just talked about that forever. Point number two is really just opening of uh, both of our summer spots, okay. Del Mar and Saratoga. I thought overall very successful. I thought the Oceanside was a great race, The Oceanside was a great race. Um, Uh, Oh, the whole thing with Leonard Powell and his daughter crying on TV. Oh, I didn't see his daughter crying. Oh, she was bawling. It was so sweet. sweet. I mean, how smart was Leo taking that horse to turf, and then he brings him back for the one race at Santa Anita, and then he gets here and he gets ship and win. I mean, just money coming out of his ears. (laughs) So congratulations to that. And uh, I thought overall at Saratoga, looking at the whole weekend, I I loved Wit. Wit. Wit was the most impressive. Yeah. Yeah, okay. He was awesome. That uh, was the Fletcher uh, and was it Rapoli? Uh, I think it was. I think so. I think it was. Um, but yeah, he was awesome. He's a very exciting two-year-old to follow. Uh, okay, and the third thing of note is just that Rombauer going to be heading for a break. In fact, he left yesterday on a van from right here at Del Mar. He's going to head about an hour north up to a farm for 60, 90 days or so. Mike McCarthy is saying um, he just wasn't training with the same vigor as he was before the Triple Crown. Yeah. And, you know, he danced very all much, those dances. Yeah, I mean, very much like me at Del Mar. <laughs> just don't have the same right? vigor. I mean, going through the, the Preakness and the Belmont and is a lot of travel and everything, so um, why not? Because especially being at home base, there's no big 
races three-year-old for three-year-olds. Yeah. Um, shared belief here at, at Del Mar towards the end of the meet. But I do think you run a it. classic winner in that? I, mean, I don't know. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. I don't, and I he's don't. not going to run him older in the Pacific Classic. So yeah. it's a perfect time for a break and you bring him back and point him for the Breeders' Cup. Well, that's all well and good. But the most important thing we have going on today is we're about to talk to Joe... Tartaglia. Tartaglia. God, I, I just screw up people's last names. Little Bluebird Stables, he's the managing partner, and he's coming up next here on the owner's box, so stay tuned. Michelle, do you know that Not This Time is the number one second crop sire in almost every category? And he's well on his way to becoming one of the most dominant young sires in North America. Did you know that? I did know that. I know he's had nine stakes winners and 14 stakes horses. 10.3% stakes winners and 16.1% stakes horses. And like we see from a lot of these tailor-made studs, he is the sire of stakes winners on dirt, turf, and synthetic. A couple of congratulations. Congratulations to Warriors Reward LLC owner, breeder of, of yesterday's Malvern's Rose Stakes winner just one time. Also Breeze Easy and Mark Cassie with the win in the Grade 3 Marine Stakes, and that was easy time. And Edge Racing and Kelly Breen on the Grade 3 Kent Stakes winner, yes, this time. If you want a Saturday horse, you better be looking to add not this time to your stable. Call Travis White. You give a number. Uh, I'm trying to remember his number. 859-885-3345. Travis White. Taylor made stallions. Call not, him on his cell. Not this time. Don't give out his cell. All right. All right. 881-6153. Welcome back to the owner's box. Joining us today, a very special guest, Joe Tartaglia. I said that right, Michelle, right? You did a great job. I did a great job. Uh, Little Bluebird Stables. He is the managing partner. Joe, welcome to the show. Hi, Billy. Thank you. Hi, Michelle. Hi, Joe. Now, you know, first, before we get into your your history and what brought you uh, into horse ownership, is it true that you copied Little Red Feather with the whole little thing? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I, I said, let's see, which which uh, which racing ownership group is the most iconic to copy off of? And uh, no, it, uh, it wasn't. And to be honest, it was a, a little bit of a dilemma in my head for uh for a day or two, but uh, I stuck with um, Little Bluebird. I don't know if you, if you know the background. No, it, we we want the background. We we want yeah, everything. Yeah. So yeah, tell us before we get into that. Just tell us a little bit about yourself and how you got into the game and how you decided to become a managing partner and and start this partnership. Yeah, you know, I wish it was a um, a more unique story. I feel like a lot of uh, owners. Uh, and fans have gotten into the game through dads and, and grandfathers, and uh, that's that's definitely a similar story for uh, for me. I um, just grew up around racing. My my uncle owned a couple mm. of standard breads um, that raced at Freehold and Yonkers. Um, my dad, uh, who was very young um, when he had me, would would help around the barn. So we'd make frequent trips to to Freehold. We'd pack the car me and my uh, little brother and um we'd we'd hang out there for the weekend so uh yeah it was basically kind of ingrained in me at a very early age and uh, just haven't been able to kick it how did you go from um, how did you go from uh joggers to thoroughbreds oh uh, it's funny i spent um probably more time than i should admit at uh you know at otb's late night with dad growing up uh, and he would always tell me stories um, about some of the shenanigans that went on uh, with with harness racing, and uh, he was he became turned off by it all, uh, and I kind of just followed along and um, made the switch over to standard breads uh, because there's just so much more integrity in in, uh, in thoroughbreds um, 
now. So, uh, I, uh, yeah, it's just something that kind of happened over time. And then I had a couple of buddies uh, growing up in high school that were also into thoroughbreds and, uh, we'd hit the Belmont, um, on weekends and, uh, kind of just, just took over. I really didn't have all that much interest in, uh, in harness racing, uh, beyond the age of like 13, 14. All right. Well, take us take us to more uh, uh, recent times now. What was the decision to uh, start Little Bluebird? Give us the story of the name and just tell us about your philosophies yeah. of this partnership because it's a little different. Yeah, a little a little bit. Um, I'll start with the name because just so you uh, there's some peace of mind that I didn't copy. It's um, Twitter. Bluebird, oh. but, <laughs> it's Twitter. Oh, Little Bluebird Twitter. Yeah, yeah. I didn't. Yeah. Even, yeah, I just got that. <laughs> Literally just got that five seconds ago. That's hysterical. You're you're not alone, Billy. It usually takes most people a little while to figure it out. But uh, yeah, I mean, look, this has been somewhat of a, a plan in the making for like eight or nine years. I, you know, to, to kind of quickly tell my um, sort of Twitter story. I uh, joined Twitter literally like nine years ago to the week and i only know this because twitter reminds you um, <laughs> and by the way you're, you're joe here. you're joe t on the side that's right yeah okay. um and and i joined twitter because i was heading to saratoga i was just looking for some um tips and tricks uh, uh you know kind of visit visiting saratoga what i could do i was actually bringing um, my fiance now wife at the time uh, fiance at the time now wife uh, Congratulations! And, uh, just looking for some some thoughts, uh, and uh, I mentioned we were going to Saratoga. I mentioned that there was a New York bred that I've always loved um, that was trained by uh, Mark Hennig. Um, he actually reached out to me on Twitter and invited me uh, to the backside to meet uh, a horse's name is Law Enforcement, and um, you know we we started a relationship there. And I think for years now I've been saying, Mark, when we get a horse, he's coming right to you. And uh, so it's something that we've been talking about as a, a group of buddies for a while. Um, I mean, you know how it is. It's, you, you just never can seem to pull the trigger, right? Like someone's getting married, others <laughs> getting divorced. Uh, but we, you know, we finally we finally decided to do it uh, this fall, and, and we uh, we bought a yearling at the um, Commodium sale in October. Um, and uh, as we were doing that, I, I was pulling in a couple of other guys just to share some of the load and, you know. Um, share some of the lows. None of the highs. Of I want to keep no, all the highs. No, he said load. Oh, they said lows. Load, like, share yeah. some of the lows. Yeah, yeah. No, he said <laughs> no, no I'm, I'm not even close to being that jaded yet. Oh, so. good. I was so worried. Wait, a, wait, now, are these guys that you met on Twitter or are they friends from before? It, exactly. They're, they're guys that we met on Twitter. And that's awesome. That's kind of how we... We came up with the, the little bluebird name. That's uh, awesome. I think, are, and my, my buddy, one of my clients, Bill Starkey, is in your group, I yep. believe. Bill's a great guy. Yep, he he's, he speaks very, very highly of you, and uh, and and he's he's always fun. Uh, he's in a couple of horses of ours, and and he's always fun to talk to. He's yep. always got a great opinion. But that's so cool. So you yep. go start this. Are you able to? kind of i don't want to use the word advertise because we have to be careful with sec i'm sure you found that out um but are you able to market yourself on twitter as kind of the quote twitter partnership you know i haven't really necessarily gone that route to uh, you know being that blatant about it right um but uh, you know over 
the nine years I've been on Twitter, I've been able to, you know, create, develop a pretty, pretty strong following, um, purely, purely through horse racing conversation and sports conversation. Uh, so yeah, I mean, I, I leveraged that to get started for sure. And we're, we're definitely more social media centric. Um, I haven't, you know, spent any marketing dollars, uh, quite yet, but, um, yeah, it's a, a lot of the growth has been through through Twitter specifically, uh, at least the initial growth. Now, Joe, is your partnership an open partnership that anybody can join in, or are you kind of keeping it closed to your buddies? And um, what makes it different than, you know, Little Red Feather or West Point or Eclipse? Yeah, no, it's it's open to everybody. Okay. Um, and obviously we're... As long we're as you have a Twitter handle, right? <laughs> What's that? Do you have to have a Twitter handle or a specific following? <laughs> no, no, you, you do not. You do not. Um, I'm starting to prefer that you don't actually. Um, <laughs> um, yeah, it is. It is open to all. Um, we, uh, you know, we're by no means do we have the answers to it all. Uh, we're just nine months in and uh, and still tweaking and evolving. Uh, each and every time, but you know, we we like I said, we started with with a yearling. Um, we had we had some uh, initial interest that basically forced us to kind of get another yearling, so we added to it quickly. Uh, and now, fast forward nine months, we have nine horses in the stable. And Holy uh, cannoli! Amazing. Yeah, I know. Actively looking for two more. By end of month, we should be at eleven, which is which is crazy to think about. Um, but, uh, you know, I'm really proud of the fact that we have, um, about 140, uh, individual investors across the nine horses, um, and scattered throughout the U S. So, and that's really what we're trying to do is, is, you know, create opportunity for longtime fans that have always wanted to pull the trigger and just haven't been able to. And, and, you know, I, I guess the, the biggest difference and in the place that we're trying to play is maybe having um, some opportunities that are a little bit more reasonable. You know, I kind of say that I like playing in between the um, my racehorse space and the micro shares, which, you know, truthfully just isn't appealing to a lot of longtime betters in mm-hmm. the game, which, which we have, you know, a good chunk of in our group. Um, and then, you know, the West points and, and some of the others at, at higher price points. Again, they're great at what they do, um, but it's just not something that, um, you know, it's a price point that, that some people just aren't comfortable comfortable with. So, uh, you know, we're trying to play in the middle, and it's really about finding some hard-knocking, modest horses, uh, you know, at the fifteen, twenty, forty thousand dollar level, mm-hmm. um, that we can put reasonable packages together that includes some training expenses, includes obviously a, a little bluebird management fee, um, and it's really not breaking anyone's bank. And you know, I'm, I'm at the point now where I, where I kind of jokingly say it with a little bit of honesty is like, you know, I if I can take a thousand dollar investment and turn it into twelve hundred for a lot of these guys it's a home run right? yeah. especially if you can have fun along the way their, yeah obviously yeah, they're, they're getting to see their, their their horses at the track they're in the paddock they go on backside uh, you know and and for you know for for our group and, and the places that we're playing like canterbury for example um we have three horses up at canterbury i mean that that experience is is 
it's about the on-track experience there. That that track is packed. Um, the locals love it. And if I have, you know, 20, 25 guys that can show up at the track uh, and root for our, you know, 12,500 claimer, uh, they're going to be ecstatic. And, and that's really what we're trying to do. And um, we're, uh, we're not at the point where we're making $100,000, $200,000 purchases at um, you know, yielding and two-year-old sales. Um, we're we're happy playing where where we are right now. Joe Tartaglia from Little Bluebird Stables joining us on the owners box. Joe, you, it's interesting that you started a, a mere nine months ago. I'm curious, and we usually save this for the end, but I'm curious what you've learned so far about being a managing partner and dealing with a whole crew of people. I know what it's like, especially we just went through a, a opening weekend at Del Mar where we had so many people here. I don't think it's as easy as everybody yeah. thinks it is. And I, I'm just, I think, tell the people just kind of the pitfalls and what you have to deal with and, and, and what you've learned. Yeah, I mean, uh, I think, you know, I, I think what I've learned most is that it is vital to stick to principles throughout the entire process, right? That's, um, uh, you know, to like quickly touch on the three principles for us, it's, it's about a shared experience through strong communication. So uh, I, I probably have guys that are sick of getting emails from me but it is really <laughs> meant to keep everyone informed and um you know up to date on workouts and potential next races potential claims and it's something that uh, everyone i think um has, has really appreciated um and then just in, in you know in terms of the way we act and execute transparency it's if you look on every ownership group's website that word uh, appears um you know, but the feedback that uh, I've gotten from a lot of guys and other groups is just—it's just there's just not enough honesty and transparency, um, and uh, you know, trying to do things at a, a professional level is is sometimes challenging. So, to kind of back in your question, Billy, I find that in in the times where I'm struggling most, I I always have to kind of go back to those things. Like, let's we got to execute the way that we. Um, had planned from from day one but you know in terms of pitfalls jeez I, you know where do you start like <laughs> it's I, not I never, easy i never expected to know so much about a horse's anatomy as quickly as i i learned um yeah. hey, <laughs> hey joe joe if it makes you feel any better i've been in the business for over 40 years and i'm still learning yeah uh, absolutely i I can't, I can't imagine a time where i i I feel like I would know enough. Uh, and, you know, like we, uh, our first, uh, so we bought the two yearlings and then we wanted to expand in Oakland. We made a private purchase um, at Maryland to try and, here, here's a pitfall, um, you know, uh, claiming and, and jail periods, right? Like sure. not being able to ship a horse out of a, out of a uh, jurisdiction uh, was one that we worked around. And, and of course, you know, our third horse two days in gets sick on the van ride down Arkansas. Uh, is at the clinic for three days, and I learned a, a shit ton about uh, horses. <laughs> and things of that How yes, many fluids yes, that they you need? Did. Yes, you did. Joe, <laughs> I feel like when we first started talking, it was kind of like um, we threw this together at a spur of the moment. But now, as we're did, getting a little bit more involved, it sounds like you did a lot of research because you're comparing other partnerships, et cetera, et cetera. Did you do oh, yeah. a ton of research on 
what you liked and didn't like from other groups before you really got rolling? And I know you like to sort of tweak still, but did you have like a good basis yeah. based on other stuff going in? Uh, you know, I'd like to think I did. I, you know, I, um, I guess I will, I'll, uh, credit it to two things. One, I got laid off in the summer. I was, was a COVID layoff, so I had some extra time to put into it. Um, and then, uh, you know, the second is that I just spoke with a, a lot of people, a lot of, own, you know, friends of mine that were owners in some of the other groups, um, got a feel for pros and cons from each, uh, did a lot of, uh, research on websites uh yeah i mean i, I took it um you know it, it did start out as a few buddies buying a yearling and it quickly turned into something that i felt like well all right um i think there's an opportunity here if you put in the work and you are very deliberate and thoughtful about your approach and maybe spend a couple more hours uh than some of the other guys that you know maybe there's opportunity here and and we all know i've quickly learned that you know, luck is a huge factor in all of this. It is very hard to win a race. That's for sure. Um, but, but I can do some legwork and I can, when we make claims, I can ask as many people about the horse as I possibly can. Um, I can have, you know, our trainers in place when we need to. We can bail on claims, which we've done, you know, a couple dozen times at least now. And, um, and we can, uh, you know, maybe not, we're not going to bat a thousand, but we'll do what we can to minimize risk. Joe, is and this your full-time job course, now? It is. It is right now. Um, I should I should thank my wife as I as I do often uh, throughout the day for uh, you know letting me kind of take this chance and see where this goes the next six nine months and and see what we can build. But you know I'm I'm thankful that um, she has a great job and. Um, we have the opportunity to, to truly fulfill a dream job for me. Like it's, uh, it's a lot of work, but there are, um, you know, I'm, I'm watching replays of races and I'm looking through past performances for half the day. And that's not a terrible way to um, spend some time. And, and look, there's a lot of work. It's a startup. Um, uh, you know, I've worked for startups before. Uh, so I know what goes into it, and, and by no means is it going to be easy. But um, yeah, it's it, we're putting a lot of effort into this. Joe, uh, you said you are up to nine horses, want to be eleven. You mentioned that you were at Canterbury. Um, I've seen on your website that you did have a couple different claiming ventures set up for summer: Saratoga, Ellis. Where are your horses right now, and why did you pick those jurisdictions? Yeah, I mean, you know, New York was always going to be a home base for us. Okay. It's where I grew up. So our, our two yearlings were um, are both New York breds. One is in New York and, and hopefully debuting um, soon in August at Saratoga. Um, the other is still in Ocala. Hopefully he gets up uh, gets up to New York in the fall. Um, we have a, a claim we just made last week for a, another New York bred. Um, and we are partners on a, a two-year-old um, Philly that's uh, with George Weaver. So most of our New York crew is with Mark Hennig um, and George has a, a two-year-old that we're partnered on. Um, outside of that, you know, again, for me, I really want to try and grow roots in some of the uh, outer circuits. Uh, so Canterbury is a meet I've always loved. Like I said, the fan base is awesome. Um, I have a great group of partners that uh, are are in on at least you know two of the three horses. So we have three horses there. Um, we have uh, uh, a 
uh, horse with Randy Morse in Kentucky that's at Ellis now. Um, and we just uh, bought into a, a private purchase from uh, the Tattersall sale with um, David and Anamia. Oh, great. Uh, uh, Euro Philly. Yeah, oh, that's awesome. So we're really excited about it. Well, it so- yeah. sounds like you're very um, diverse. I, I have a qu- one more question. Just You were talking yeah. about it before, and I think it's always important. And I want you to give the, uh, the elevator pitch to someone who's looking to invest in horses and just pitch them on Little Bluebird. Um, what, what is your brand? And, and, and um, you know, what, what are you guys selling that's a little different from everybody else? Yeah, I mean, for us, it's, it's really about surrounding ourselves with um, honest, well-respected horsemen uh, who can guide us, you know, through this, this growth phase for us um, and really set up, uh, us up for, for some success. And, you know, for us, the horse will always come first. But, you know, we're looking for, for little pockets of opportunity um, to find, uh, you know, modest, hard-trying horses um, at reasonable investment levels. And, and we just feel like, you know, if you can sort of blend a, a very deliberate, deliberate and thoughtful approach uh, to ownership um, at reasonable investment levels, there's there's an opportunity for, you know, some some of the smaller guys to, to have some fun and, and maybe make a few bucks. So, um, you know, again, it's really about the experience and the journey uh, with horse ownership. And that's, you know, for me, this is all first time. There are a lot of firsts for me throughout the last nine months. And I'm trying to really be good about sharing what those, what those are like from emotionally and mentally, um, because it, it resonates with other guys that are doing this for the first time. Yeah. um, That makes a lot of sense. Yeah, exactly. I am Joe, just, you know, I am neither, uh, emotionally or mentally stable. So you sound amazing right now. Well, you've been at this a little bit longer. I guess, I guess it's your future, Joe. Yeah, Joe. Four or five years. Joe, let's talk. Yeah, let's talk in like 30 years and let me see how you're feeling. Joe, I want to ask uh, real quick, what's been your favorite memory since starting uh, Little Bluebird? That could be either a race memory or, you know, a sale memory or maybe one of your partners doing yeah. something completely off the wall. Yeah, I mean, we have some of those off-the-wall partners for sure. But, I, I mean, you know, we're uh, 14 races in, and we have uh, we have one win. And that win was at Belmont, um, which is my home track. Uh, that win was with Mark Hennig, who we've been planning with um, for the most, for, you know, five, six years at least. Uh, and it was with my dad next to me. Oh, that's awesome. Um, and that's, yeah, it's... Uh, uh, and it's a memory I will never forget. And uh, I have, uh, I'm, I'm looking at the winner's circle photo in front of me, and there were a few partners there, which was awesome. Uh, I think I gave Mark a bigger embrace than I gave my dad, <laughs> which uh, I, I feel a little bit bad about. Poor Mark, he's now one for one uh, for us in New York, so he's he's screwed. He set the bar way too high. <laughs> no, that's, that is, that's a um, memory that we hear. I got the chills right now. I heard you getting choked up. Believe me, it, it is a race you will never forget. And, uh, we, we just, I know I speak for Michelle. Uh, we, we follow you on, on social media and your Twitter. And, and I think it's just a great story. I know you're, you sound like a great guy. I know I think this is the first time we've ever gotten to talk, but I have heard good things about little bluebird and I, I really rooting for you guys and I hope you guys succeed. And I want to thank you personally for coming on the show today. Uh, thank you so much, Billy Michelle. I really appreciate the opportunity. 
No worries. Good luck this summer. Have a great summer, and uh, we'll definitely be on the lookout. What's oh, your? Wait, what's website? your silks look like? Oh. What do your silks look like? Oh, they are. Um, they're they're kind of simple. They're yellow. Uh, sorry, they're they're a light blue sort of Twitter color. Okay. Um, with uh, three uh, lemon colored bars on the sleeves. Okay. okay. Very cool. Very cool. So we yeah. know. No, lo- no logos or anything. I was no going to say, I figured there, would, little, there wouldn't yeah. be like a Twitter. You couldn't have gotten permission it, right? for that, I don't think. I think that would have been, <laughs> yeah, got, that might have been a little tough. Incredible. All right, man. Well, we're, we're looking for, we're going to be around for a while uh, on this show, hopefully. Uh, we've only been doing it for six years, but we want to see you come back maybe uh, maybe in a couple years and give us some great stories about how you've won a Triple Crown race or a Breeders' Cup or something <laughs> like that. I'd love it. Uh, thank you guys again. All right, my man. Thank Take you, it Joe. easy. Have a great summer, Joe. Oh, Joe, what's All the right, website? You, what's the website? Oh, yeah. You can go to uh, littlebluebirdstables.com uh, or lbbstables.com. Um, and uh, my email is joe at littlebluebirdstables.com. Uh, everything's up to date. Check it out. Um, and uh, again, thank you guys so much for, for your time. Oh, uh, it's our pleasure. We appreciate Thanks, it. Joe. Have a great summer. Appreciate it. That's Joe. All right, you too, guys. Tartaglia from Little Blue, the managing sounds partner. Delicious. It does sound, it sounds like what I had last night. It sounds like a like an Italian. Tagliatelle? I went to this new Italian place Where? in uh, Del Mar last night. In Del Mar? Yes. Okay, what's it it's called? It's right across. I, I'm going to be so mad I can't remember. Really? It's right across. You know me. It's right across from like Board and Brew. It was really good. The play, the the um, everything was delicious, and it was huge portions. It, it, Wait, and I even uh, talked to the chef. Huge portions. Yeah, you never huge get that portions. Here. That's what I'm saying. Maurizio, huge portions. No, no, no. It was Alice right, ac- 101, right across. Bellagio Restaurante. Yeah, that's it. That's it. What's it called? Villaggio. Villaggio. Restaurante. It was delicious. And it was big portions, huh? Huge portions. All it was right. a little. It was like I got a chicken parm, and it came with two huge pieces of chicken. Wow. Yeah, and two sides. I had a little Caesar salad. I had a little little pasta. Oh, look at the pesto gnocchi. I tell you what, it was delicious. Credit to them. That restaurant has Ooh, had a... the chicken a, piccata looks great. It's had a turnover every year. Yeah, every and it's, year. And, and I just said, I hope you guys last. So, uh, uh, But that was great hearing from Joe. Yeah. Amazing. Like, good, good call, Michelle. I really appreciate it. We'll be right back here on the Owner's Box. LTN Global offers innovative TV production services that help racetracks raise their profile, bringing all the TV tricks and they've learned from other sports to horse racing. LTN is a technology and production company that is helping racetracks create and distribute content at a high quality and good value. And LTN offers distribution services to get tracks seen on more online and offline spaces than ever before. Visit ltnglobal.com to learn more. Lots of great things happening here at Del Mar this weekend, Michelle. Uh, kicking off with a pick six carryover, I believe. Pick six carryover of over $77,000. Um, racing resumes on Friday. We do have these couple of three-week race weeks before we move to our four-day-a-week schedule. And, Billy, Friday we have the Fleet Treat Stakes. Also, it's going to be Beach Boss featuring myself and Ray Pollock. And every week, a uh, different handicapper that will come on and try to beat Ray Pollock. And this week, you might know him. Yeah. It's you. It's me. I'll be on Beach Boss. Let's do this. I got to pick the winner. What do I got to now? What do I do? So I get $100 for like the race that we give you. I think it's and the you Eddie can Reed. bet it any way you want. Is Who it? You, I haven't yeah. gotten the Who showdown like yet. I don't, haven't looked yet. Right. I haven't looked. Maybe we'll, maybe we'll talk about that off the air. Uh, all right. So this weekend stakes, the Fleet Treat on Friday, the Eddie Reed and the San Clemente on Saturday. 11 races that day, by the way. And then Sunday is the California Dreamin' as well as the Daisy Cut 
better. And it's also, for all of you foodie fans, Taste of the Turf Club, which is every single Sunday. It's actually a super fun thing to get to come do. It's bottomless mimosas or Buddy Mary's or Aperol spritzes, a three-course brunch. You get a place to sit, general parking, all that jazz for 100 bucks. I think it's a, a great way to come you and, love and enjoy. You Okay. No. I like mimosas but i'm not gonna drink chintzy champagne so i right. don't know like what kind of champagne i they're saw using. this thing on i don't know so one of the social media things and the guy said i'm making a mimosa and he poured the whole all bottle. the way up and then he put a drop of yes. orange juice in. <laughs> that's actually the way i like my mimosas i like my mimosas to look like tap water yeah exactly all right well thank you very much thanks michelle and thank you to joe tartaglia from little bluebird we hope you reach out to him or if you're looking for more information about ownership feel free to email me billy at littleredfeather.com uh, I'm happy to discuss any of these stables, including our own Little Red Feather, and you can go see our website, www.littleredfeather.com. And Michelle, congratulations to you and your husband for winning a race on opening uh, weekend. That must have been very exciting. Super exciting. And, I'm thrilled. And special thanks to all of our sponsors, TaylorMade Stallions. We are part of the In The Money Media Network. Ooh, good job. And we have a lot of cool shows on there. Keisha Courtney. You were on her show, right? I was on her I show. It was listen. very cool. It was actually a lot of fun. Um, there's so many video good people. No, or, no video. Okay, no video. It. Obviously, JK and Pete, they do a great job. Um, and, and we appreciate, of course, all our listeners for tuning in. We, you know, we took a couple of weeks off during Los Al and, and everyone was going crazy. Like, where's your show? We're sorry. We now need a break. Back. Yeah, we're back. Now we are back. Uh, and we are back at Del Mar and Saratoga this weekend. So, Michelle, thank you. Thank you. Uh, follow us on Twitter at Own a Horse, at the Michelle U, at BKLRF. If you have any questions, of course, reach out. We will talk to you next week. Bye. Welcome to the Owner's Box. Now, here's Billy Koch and Michelle U.